Guys, if you didn't catch that, if that's not blowing your mind right now, then you are missing an, a massive opportunity in the marketplace. This oh, yeah, is a big deal game. to learn. It's such a game changer. Like truly, it, it feels like when I first learned about wholesaling, realizing that I can do that with creative deals, it feels like it's like that aha moment again. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I fell in love with it all over again. So I'm here with Josh Matthew, and we're going to talk about Josh and how he's gotten started in his real estate business. Josh, welcome to this call. Really excited to do this interview with you. How are you doing? Likewise. Excellent, Jerry. Thanks so much. I'm super happy to be here. It's a bit surreal. Yeah. And it's really cool to find out a little bit about your story, find out what you're doing, kind of how you're developing and growing in this business. And um, I'm really hoping that this interview with you will be an inspiration to somebody listening who is maybe in your place not that long ago. I know it's sometimes it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, listen to Jerry talk about it. He's been doing it for 20 years and of course you can do it, but to hear, you know, Josh who just got started or is in the Mm -hmm. phase where a lot of people are that you've done it and you're doing it and having success that really kind of, uh, is inspiring. It means a lot to people. So thank you for taking time to do this. Of course. Of course. Absolutely. It's the least I can do is pay it forward after, um, taking all the knowledge, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? What market are you in? And tell us a little bit about your start into the business. Um, so I recently moved to surrounding Atlanta. I'm in Marietta, Georgia now. I moved here about my five months ago now from Los Angeles. So I started in SoCal in um the SoCal market. And how was yeah, that? It was fun. Like so. I thought I'd been in here in the business so much longer because of how much has happened. And I found the the stub for my first deal and it was literally April 11th. So I'm, I literally just wrapped up my first year in the business and yeah. I've done so much. It's insane. Literally all from like the videos and just taking immediate action, imperfect action. Right. Um, and, and yeah, the, the SoCal market was great and I was right in it at this market shift, right? So that happened. And then I closed that first deal. And then I closed another deal immediately afterwards, which was a, a pocket listing from the double dip method. Yeah. Um, same agent and uh, closed that one. And then the market shifted like immediately after that. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm new to this. Let me see how I can adapt and see what's mm-hmm. going to work best for me and how I can maneuver through this. Because you're seeing everybody like all the memes online about, oh yeah, well, um, Let's see, all the real wholesalers are going to kind of stick it out and all, all this stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, no. Because, because you said a year ago. So as of this recording, a year ago was April 2022. Kind of the right. big interest rate move was like in May. And then, you know, market did a really fast correction from like the crazy oh, growth wow. we were having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was right when you got started. And so yeah, yeah, you kind of jumped in right at the pivot point. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I closed um, one kind of smaller deal. The next that pocket listing ended up being for fifty thousand. So that was cool. And wow. I had some in California. Yes, in a out in like in the desert, Joshua Tree, Landers, Twenty Nine Palms, that area. So I had some breathing room for the market shift to adapt. Right. So that was that was nice. Um, and did you say, did, guys? Did you catch this, Josh? Did you say a fifty thousand dollar assignment? Yes. Pocket listing, same your agent. First deal. Second. Second it deal. Technically second, but it closed. Um, it was an escrow, but before the first deal had closed. 
Yeah. So that same agent was like, Hey, I see we got this. And you, again, I took your advice and was like, Hey, if you have anything else, let me know. Yeah. And be, sure enough, like a week into escrow, she was like, Hey, I've got this other deal. Do you think you can work on it? Um, I'm about to list it. And I said, well, what does he want for it? <laughs> and uh, I kind of done my work and she gave me a number five minutes later. I did a quick comp and everything. And um, I was like, I negotiated 10,000 down uh, just to be safe. And again, the market was booming. And then, so I, it was an easy 50,000, like, yeah, so that was let's go before the other deal had closed. Okay. And you said a couple fundamental things here. So if you're, if you're watching this and listening, there's a couple things that Josh mentioned. He said he double dipped with the agent. Now, if you don't know what that means, it's a strategy I talk about all the time on the channel when you're doing on market. And basically the strategy is where you go directly to the agent who has the listing representing the seller you offer them to also represent you. It's technically called dual agency. For a lot of agents, that's very motivating because now they're double representing the deal, right? They're they're getting both sides of the commission. And so now they're in essence doubling their their how much they're making on the deal. And it gets them very excited to work with you, not just on that yeah, deal, but so on future. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was you you double dip this deal. That agent's like, wow, working with Josh means I get twice as much money. I'm actually going to bring him my future deals. So the second thing you said was a pocket listing. If you don't know what a pocket listing is, it's when an agent is working with a seller, the seller agrees to hire that agent to sell their property, but the agent hasn't listed it yet for sale publicly. So it's not on the MLS, which means it's not out there to the market and during that window of time when the seller you know agrees to hire the agent and the agent actually lists it that agent could take that deal to somebody like Josh and say Josh let's work out a deal between you and the seller off market now right and if you're able to come to terms and the seller's happy with your number and you're happy with the number the agent still gets paid a commission all everything still happens but now it happens off market which is which means you don't have competition now, right? That's because awesome. you're the only one on the deal. That's a very exciting opportunity. That's actually actually what we live for with on market. It's not, you know, it's great when we can get a deal that we find on market, we double dip it, uh, it all works out, we wholesale it. That's all great. But what we're really after are pocket listings. Oh, yeah. right? I mean, that's oh, yeah. where that relationship is yeah. priceless and endless amounts of deals. I, I've shifted to primarily creative deals now, and mm -hmm. I've kept in touch with that same agent. I don't even yeah. think she knew that was my first deal, but ironically enough, <laughs> I ended up doing her first creative deal with her. And because we still do deals now. So she's still yeah. sending me, hey, do you think this will work for a creative solution? And I'm like, yeah, this was like last week. So I still do deals with that same agent. She sends so me a Christmas time's, card. So time's going on and you're doing repeat business with the same agent and you'll probably continue to do deals. So that one relationship, it's not one and done like direct to seller. It's yeah. ongoing as you nurture and, and improve the relationship. And you're 100%. now even training your agent on creative, helping your agent understand, hey, we can even do more deals if we can be creative. Exactly. Yeah. And then That's she's powerful. sending them through and, and all of the above. She's just, she's a rock star. She's amazing. She's like, uh, now that I'm in a different, I've never even met her actually. So that's yeah. even funnier. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. So now I'm looking, she's like, my Samantha is my go-to. So now that I'm out here in the Atlanta market, I'm trying to find another Samantha. And I think I did um, from PropWire. So yeah. Yeah. 
So talk about that. So you go on, so you found an agent on Proper. Were you using the on-market tool? I was, yeah, I was targeting, again, I'm primarily focused on creative right now. Yeah. So it's just, that's ended up, that ended up being what worked with the uh, the shift. The market shift is like, that was like a no brainer. So once, once creative clicked for me, I was like, oh my gosh, what, this is insane. Like, what, it was, what was it that clicked with creative? Just that the, the barrier to entry for the end buyer can be so low. And the amount of value that you're able to kind of give with that is insane. It, it's like, an, it's you a mean, no brainer. You mean, you mean to wholesale a creative deal to a cash buyer? Is that what you mean? Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you say, so what you're talking about is if you can structure a creative deal with a low entry fee, and then take that to an investor, you make that a no brainer for an investor in a, mm-hmm. in a marketplace that has high interest rates. Yeah. Much less risk. It mitigates their hard money costs, all of that stuff. So that's what really worked. So with PropWire, I was, um, I was looking, targeting seller finance deals, absentee mm-hmm. owners hold outright. Um, and because direct to agent has just kind of been my thing on market, his works just because I like building those relationships. It works a lot for me. I was in the music industry um, in Los Angeles. So those relationships that are genuine mm-hmm. are priceless. So um, I took that same principle and kind of applied it here and it's working flawlessly. So um, yeah, I, I just talked to these agents. The first one I called actually um, was seller finance deal owned outright, 100 days on market. Um, yeah. And called her and was like, Hey, listen, what are your thoughts on this? And this is kind of in my, the way I'm pitching that is this is how I shifted with the market shift. I don't want to come at you and your sellers with a disrespectful offer. So what are your thoughts on this? I'm happy to answer any questions. I'm happy to get on the call with you and your seller, um, anyone you'd like. And I was fortunate enough to meet a closing attorney out here at the first meetup I went to. Mm-hmm. So, I was, and she was like, I told her about creative. She's like, I can close those. I'll talk to anybody you want. Like she was super gracious. Um, so when I lead with that, I'm like, oh, I can put you on the phone with a clothing attorney as well. If you'd like. To overcome yeah. objections and help them exactly. feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because otherwise I just sound like somebody who's trying to poach a house for like so little money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so yeah. What it, saying, it, so what you're saying, Josh is, you know, rather than rather than approach the agent, if we're talking on market with a low cash offer, which means now, you know, all the stars have to align. There's got to be equity. Sellers got to be really motivated. There's got to be a lot of distress like that. That That's how we, you know, wholesale. That's normal and that's OK. But it's going to yeah. limit your opportunity because now you're looking for that very small percentage of people who fit all the parameters. Whereas what you're saying is you're saying, if I can go to an agent and I can help that agent understand that I can pay a lot more actually for the property, if they'll be creative and if Mm -hmm. the seller is willing to wait to get some or all of their money and do these creative terms, this creative structure, what you're saying is you're, you're pitching to the agents. I can pay a lot more for this distressed property than these low cash offers are willing to pay. Exactly. Yeah. That's appealing now if you can help that agent see it. So much. Yeah. And, and also but another thing I do when I'm, I'm pitching creative is asking what her seller wants before I even make any terms. Um, I'm like, I don't want to throw terms at you. That feels a little bit disrespectful to see what your seller needs. And I'll reverse engineer my offer from that. And it just, it's a different, um, there's a bit of empathy in there and, and it's not selfish. So they seem to appreciate that. 
and it's genuine too. Like I don't want to put anybody in a bad situation. I want everybody to feel good after closing, you know? So what, so, might, uh, what might be a situation where the seller leads out with what they need and then you structure around it? What would that look like? They, so we ended up getting on the phone, built rapport with them, just like, how's it going? How was your weekend? That whole type of thing. And then they said, listen, uh, it was on a double yellow road. So it wasn't, I think that's kind of what was keeping it there on market. Otherwise it was a turnkey house. It was like a really nice, it was a nice property. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they, we got on the phone. I was like, Hey, how's it going? Why are you selling? And then they got tired landlords. Him and his wife are tired of being landlords. Their kids moved out to Florida. They want to go live with their kids in Florida and collect checks, take a little bit of a down payment. They wanted to mitigate their capital gains tax. And that was it. And I was like, okay, well, how much do you need down? What can the terms, um, how much do you need down and how much on purchase price do you think is on, on top of your asking price, do you think is fair for us to do a simple 0% interest note for the rest of it? And then they gave me exactly what they needed and then it worked. So like, okay, done, let's do it. Yeah. So what you're saying is you're saying, I'm going to approach the seller, find out what's important to them, how much they want, what, how long they'll carry, you know, what does it look like if we do 0%, all of the things to then structure a deal that matches what's important to them or what they want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if you can pencil it and it cash flows or it's or it's got enough juice that someone wants it, then now you're basically saying, you're basically doing the, the, the approach of, you know, I'll pay whatever price you want if you give me the terms I want, or if the terms are favorable enough, I can make this deal work. Exactly. And it is a reverse engineer method that you're that you're that you're doing there. Because what a lot of people don't understand or they kind of forget to think about is if that seller sold you that property outright for cash, like if they cashed out, that would create some capital gains, which means there's some yeah. tax. And that tax, if you pay taxes, that's a real cash value because it's taxes you pay. So not having to pay taxes, that's putting money in your pocket. That Mm -hmm. was a big deciding factor to do a creative deal with you. I think knowing how to wholesale creative is one of the most valuable skills you could ever learn because there's going to come a point where you'll start to cherry pick and keep some of those. I can't wait. I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, So Uh, you you can wholesale nine out of 10, keep the best ones for yourself. But, you know, knowing how to do it is the key. It's such a game changer, like truly, it, it feels like when I first learned about wholesaling, realizing that I can do that with creative deals, it feels like it's like that aha moment again. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I fell in love with it all over again. One of the things I'm really excited about, Josh, is um, I've been working on a calculator for for creative to wholesale. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I saw that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely check that out, guys. If you want to check that out, I think it's just... Um, Oh, I forget the URL. I think it's creativefinancingcalculator.com or I'll put a link on here, whatever it is. But um, what's really cool about it is it, it it teaches you, the calculator lets you plug in the numbers, determine the cash flow, and then mm-hmm. base your wholesale fee off of the cash flow the property creates. Um, because that's ultimately at the end of the day, what, what a buyer is going to look at, they're going to look at two things. They're going to look at what's my net cash flow I can make on this deal mm-hmm. and how big is my entry fee to get into the deal. If you could manage those two things, make the entry fee, I think, you know, 25% or less of the total acquisition, Mm -hmm. um, maybe 30% at the max, but anything under that is going to be attractive. 
And then the cash flow, that monthly net cash flow, the bigger that is, then the more a buyer will pay you in an assignment fee. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, that's that's really the way I look at creative wholesaling creative is what's the entry fee and what's the cash flow? I understand those two things. I can take this to a buyer and they're going to eat this deal live. They're going to yeah. want it. I mean, I love that uh, we're talking about wholesaling creative. I hope people watching this, it just, just opens their mind to the possibility. Oh Me too. Me too. It, it's, it's insane. It's insane. The amount of possibilities it opens up. Guys, if you didn't catch that, if that's not blowing your mind right now, then you are missing an, a massive opportunity in the marketplace. This oh, yeah. is a big deal to learn. A lot of times we come into wholesale real estate and we just think about, man, I just need a deal so I can pay my bills at the end of the month. And that's so short-sighted mm-hmm. and you're going to struggle in the business. Whereas if you come in and you focus on, on a relationship-driven business model, like what you're doing, then that's mm-hmm. going to pay massive returns over time. Just like your agent in California who's calling you and doing deals. Like that's powerful so it's the long game though. Yeah. You, when you look at relationship, a, a relationship driven business model, that's the long game. Because what you're saying is you're saying, look, I, I'm going to focus my time, energy, and effort on building key relationships that are going to continue right. to pay off mm-hmm. time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're, you're, it's a value exchange, right? Like you're providing value and they, they remember that impression the same way you go to Starbucks or something and they leave a, they were super pleasant. And you're like, wow, I'm going to come back here. They were super yeah. nice. You don't mind doing business with someone like that. And, and I think that's all it is. That principle kind of can apply to anything. Yeah, that's so true. Well, guys, leave a comment and say, Josh, you are a flipping genius. Uh, it's really amazing, Josh, the, that you were able to do these deals and you're doing this creative. Oh man, I'm super duper humbled. I couldn't have done I, I could have taken this whole time on Zoom just to praise you and tell you how much I appreciate everything, uh, all the knowledge and uh, everything. It's, I, got, I bought my primary residence creatively as well on a hybrid deal. So when I moved out here, it was, yeah, it's just been insane. So, well, super, I'd, I love to, I'd love to have you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And I'd love to have you back on the channel and talk more about specific creative deals. The, the challenge with creative is one of the challenges is every deal is unique and it's its own, it's its own class of deal, right? So oh my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of fun in that way. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun. And it creates a uniqueness where I think the more people can learn about how you specifically structured this deal and that deal and this deal, then what it does is it gives people lots of ideas on different ways that they can then approach deals as well. So 100%. case studies are, are like to learn creative. It's all about case studies. That's what allows you to kind of build a repertoire of creative ideas. It's the mm-hmm. and and the more Josh, the more creative deals you do, then the more ideas you'll get on how to specifically structure future deals. And that's where so gaining so practice, mm-hmm. gaining experience is gonna just continues to pay forward with creative. Well, thank you again, Josh. Loved everything we talked about today, oh, guys. Goodness. Thank you. Yeah, if you guys have questions, uh, leave a comment below and and Josh will try to answer those questions. And if it's okay, Josh, we'll share maybe your contact info or like your social media. Absolutely. Yeah, people want to reach out to you. We'll put that below in the description box. And uh, awesome. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate you so much. And we'll see you guys on the next video. Appreciate you.